1: standing by in five four three two one welcome to women on deadline a podcast about her experience in TV news that lovely voice you just heard counting us into show was Erica Wilson a producer at News 10 NBC in Rochester New York I'm Sierra Starks and I'm Carolyn Hall coming up on this episode of women on
0: deadline Sierra talks the best of 2017. Oprah's speech at the Golden Globes and where do we go from here?
1: It is a new year, Carolyn! Happy 2018, Sierra! I know, so glad that 2017 garbage is out the door. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) That was a long year. (laughs) Oh man, that was a long year. But there's a lot
0: to look forward to for 2018, but... Um, Before we get ahead of ourselves, I want to hear more about your 2017.
1: Oh, you remember when I got married? Oh my
0: gosh, yes. (laughs) Dude, you had a lot going on in 2017. I really did. (laughs) It's like, remember when I got married? I'm like, oh yeah, you got married. Got married, (laughs) uh, moved to a different
1: state, got a new job, did a lot of things. Yeah, you did a lot of traveling too. I did, I did. Yeah, yeah. It was a it was a big year and there were a lot of a lot of things that happened. Um but on a so on a, a reporter scale, you know how people put together their uh best of twenty seventeens and it's more or less like a compilation, like a reel. They're like, Oh, this a montage of oh this this story, that story, this other story and then you know, they throw it on Facebook, something like that. Yep. Yep. Well, my best of twenty 20- seventeen is a uh, is a testimony, girl. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 do tell! Sorry. I'm intrigued. <laughs> I think I just wanted to say the word testimony. <laughs> I was wondering. I'm like testimony. Like Dan, this is some serious shit. <laughs> what is going on here?
0: <laughs> I was not expecting that word.
1: <laughs> no, so I so I was not one of those folks who um. Who put up a a, a best of twenty seventeen reel by any means, but um, but no, on a, you
0: don't strike me as the type, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, so but on a, on a serious note, right? So I got into this business to um, to change the world, uh, to do some good, you know. And that said, uh, purpose is important for me, right, Carolyn? You know, I do every single thing intentionally. Right. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're you're my role model. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, But that said, burnout is a very real thing in this business. And for me, and I don't know if that goes for other people, too. But for me, those two things, purpose and burnout, um, undoubtedly, they're tied together. Um, When it comes to this business and um, I'm sure it's something we'll discuss in depth at some point in the podcast But I wanted to preface my best of 2017 story with with those thoughts Um, Because I've been told numerous times by people in this business um, That the time between year three and year five in TV news really makes or breaks you right and I'm I am I am in the thick of of that time um like oh, that's <laughs> I'm not, I haven't heard of this before. I've heard it from <laughs> numerous people. It's uh, that's that's so crazy. It's like that's when it's either like I'm in this thing or I'm out. Right? I'm either like I'm doing this thing for the long run or I'm like going to PR or I'm going to do something else. And for me, it's like going to therapy. You feel me? <laughs> or or for me, it's like yes. I'm <laughs> I'm going to just go start nonprofits, guys. Okay. See you later. Um, Save the world. Right. And um but I want to I want to make it very clear that feelings of burnout or uh second guessing your path do not make you any less passionate about your craft, right? They just make you human. And it is very okay to be human. Oh yeah. But um but I said all that to say that before the start of this year, um I got I was feeling those feelings. And um I got the biggest confirmation that, uh, I am in the right place and it is something that Aww. I am definitely taking with me into 2018. So Aww. here is here. I know, right. <laughs> yes. better, better be a good story Here is my... Pins and needles. <laughs> mm-hmm. So here is my, uh, best of 2017. And it actually starts, uh, a year and a half ago in June of 2016. So 16 year old Frank Woodford, uh, it's, it's, this is in Alaska. Um, 16 year old Frank Woodford. He is an Alaska native teen. He was shot in the chest at a house in, um, the Valley. So it's like a suburb of Anchorage for people who don't know Alaska, uh, shot in the chest and he died. Um, so there were two other teens in this room. They were at sort of like a house party. And um the words last words he said to the Alaska State troopers before he died were I did not shoot myself. Last words he said before he died, some one of some of the last words he said. And troopers chose to close the investigation. And they didn't charge anyone. And no one knew about this after that like no one was charged so fast forward to December 2016 um, and Carolyn you and I were both working at uh, KTVA at this time and you remember David Grunwald was um, a, uh, a white teen also uh, in the valley uh, who was found dead and um, there were a number of teens who were charged in connection with his death, and um, it it uh, I want to say it made national news at one point, right? I know it definitely like hit the airwaves all over Alaska, and I want to say at some point it made national news that like this teen was found dead in the valley, and um, at the end of that month, uh, I got a tip from an anonymous source who said, um. Uh, you know, there's, there was, there's another teen who had, had been shot and killed in, in the Valley. And, um, some of those same teens who had been connected to this David Grunwald murder, you'll find their same names in, um, the trooper incident report. And I'm like, no way. And, uh, I reach out to troopers and of course I get resistance like no other. And so I go back to the anonymous source and I'm like, do you have this trooper incident report? And, uh, the source says, yes. And I'm like, well, I'll, I'll keep you anonymous. Can I have it? So the, the source gives it to me and it's a 13 page incident report, (laughs) Where I see that the like some of the last words this uh, that Frank Woodford told troopers were, I did not shoot myself. So I blow the story wide open, right? I find um, Frank Woodford's mom, and I remember reaching out to her. Her name is Michelle, and I'm like, you know, will you talk to us? And she says yes, and. We drive all the way out to Willow, which Carolyn, you know where that is, but it's about an hour drive from where we were in Anchorage. And I remember meeting with her and I remember her sitting in tears and she had just a stack of photos of her son because for the past six months, like no one, you know, cared enough to ask or to even, you know, pry into her son's death. So she's got all these photos of him and we're pouring through them and she's pouring her heart out to us and we get it on the evening news that night and uh the investigation is opened back up and Damian Peterson, who was in the room with Frank Woodford when uh when he was killed, was charged with his murder. Fast forward And we're in, you know, December last month. And I got an update from my uh, old news director. And she says, um, Damian Peterson um, is going to plead guilty to killing Frank Woodford. And I'm like, wow. (laughs) Damn. I know. And so immediately, I think back to driving in a snowstorm to willow and meeting frank woodford's mom for the first time in the stack of photos at the restaurant and i send his mom uh, a message on facebook because you do i'm one of those people i just still i keep in touch with everybody um i care that much and um
0: so important yeah
1: and i'm like uh i'm like i you know i i Heard what happened, and I just want to say thank you for your bravery and your courage. And I know that it took a lot, but like sometimes things happen, like sometimes, all things considered, good things happen. And so, she and I go back and forth in messages, and then I get uh, an email from my anonymous source, and uh. Let me find it. I want to read it. And to to that person, like I did send them an email that literally just said, like, hey, I, I heard that, you know, Damian Peterson is going to plead guilty. Um, I just want to say thanks. And so um, the source sent me an email back and said, I saw the story on the six o'clock news this evening about Frank Woodford. Your involvement was what led to the prosecu- Prosecution. If you hadn't taken an interest in the story, a killer would likely have gotten away with this crime. Wow. I know. And and if that's not validation, Carolyn, I don't know what is. So honestly. I know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So all the feels. (laughs) Yeah, no, all the feels. And I really feel like. I feel like I'm in the right place. Yeah, and so, you yeah. are,
0: you are, and and I think it's um it's, it came at a very good time for you, as well. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. You know, if we can get into ruts so easily, or without us even realizing it. And the next thing we know, it's like. You, you do receive that validation where you do feel like we are doing good work out here and our hearts are in the right place and we are trying to make a difference and the, your on-air work is only part of the bigger package of who you are and the difference that you're making in your communities. I truly believe that and I'm very, very proud of you and I'm very, very happy for you that your hard work is really paying off. And it really, really paid off for a large number of people in Alaska. And since I am still in Alaska and I plan on being here for quite some time, I want to thank you for helping out my community. I think it's really, really important.
1: Thanks, Boo. Oh, (laughs) you're welcome.
0: Coming up, we discuss Oprah's speech at the Golden Globes and what it means for women in TV newsrooms. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already
1: hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax,
2: and think about
1: work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner
0: to go to Monday.com.
1: Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I want to say that I value the press more than ever before as we try to navigate these complicated times, which brings me to this. What I know for sure is that speaking your truth is the most powerful tool we all have. Their time is up. That was Oprah's acceptance speech for the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the 2018 Golden Globes. What was your reaction, Carolyn, when you heard that?
0: Well, I didn't watch it live. I watched it on YouTube the next morning, and it was gripping. It was absolutely gripping, and I couldn't take my eyes away from it, and I, like, at the end, I'm having a hard time talking about it right now. I just started crying, and I was like, I was sobbing. I just, I had tissues, and I was crying, and my husband Scott is in the kitchen, and he's like are you okay? (laughs) I just, I couldn't talk. I was, I was crying so much. I mean, it was a multiple tissue situation and I just, I was really, really, really moved. It was just, I, I, I'm, this is, I'm at a loss for words. I was, I was really moved by it. I thought it was really gripping and and I haven't watched it since because I'm afraid of the emotional <laughs> toll that it's going to take on me because I just, it was, uh,
1: it it was incredible. No, I think gripping is a, I think gripping is a good, I think it's a good word. I think it's a, I think it's a perfect word. And what I, so what I took Absolutely. from. Absolutely the end of oprah's speech was a call to action right like we should be fighting hard for the day when nobody has to say me too right and then i started to think of course like what is the what is our role in that what's the role of the news media in that
0: just got to fight harder you know got to fight harder to do the good stories do the great stories do the hard stories You know, oftentimes I see just easy shit going up on the on the airwaves. Mm -hmm. And it's like, tell me a story that has substance, that matters, that is changing lives, that is, you know, fighting the good fight. Um, And I'm not saying that, you know, we should that journalists should be biased in their coverage. But in the news media that I have seen over, you know, the recent number of years, I it just, come on. Like, let's not pick from the low-hanging fruit. Let's do the, the tough stories. Let's see some real change in this world. Because it's going to take a cultural shift. And it's going to take, you know, it's just, it's going to take a lot, you know, to produce change. And, you know, the news does play a role in that, I think,
1: with calling a spade a spade. I don't know. What do you think, Sierra? No. And, and then, so... So even as um, like the Me Too stories keep coming out and we continue this conversation, I think another question to keep at the forefront of our minds is how do we still deliver these kind of stories in a way to make people care, right? Because you remember when we previously had the Me Too conversation, I said, you know, the the more noise we make the more people will be forced to hear us but i think um i think well now it's you know how do we how do we deliver these stories in a way that that not only are they forced to hear us but they're forced to care does that make sense
0: yes it absolutely does and i think one critical way that journalists can accomplish that and specifically talking you know broadcast Um, I think it comes down to asking questions about why, you know, why is this happening when we're interviewing subjects? It's like, I'm telling you the most important question that you can ask is why, you know, why do you feel this way? Why do you do what you do? You know, why are you talking to us on camera? And if we can continue the conversation with the thread of why and keep that, um, At the forefront of the storytelling, then I can see more people, no matter what the adversity, being more willing to share their story. You know, and I think that goes beyond the sexual harassment and Me Too movement um, situation. I think that goes for any
1: story. And one thing I also want us to take a look at in 2018 and make sure we're conscious of is um, – what's coming from our management in the newsrooms like has there been a change in culture there yet have our news directors or general managers directly told their staff we will not accept a culture of sexual harassment or uh sexual assaults we will not be tolerant of this kind of behavior like if you feel uncomfortable in any way we will take every accusation and claim seriously i don't i still don't think i've heard that come through the airwaves yet um, I, I, I just still don't think I've heard that you know like I
0: definitely I don't know. have not heard that but I'm not you know in the industry so I'm, anymore so I'm not as plugged in but I like from all the Facebook groups and right. yeah I don't think I've seen anything about um, talking about newsroom managers taking a look at their newsrooms and making sure that, you know, there is a zero tolerance level, you know, and and newsrooms are really, you know, they're, they're pretty rough and tumble. And um, sexual harassment definitely takes place. And it has for a very long
1: time. And I don't see that going away anytime soon. But I don't know. Yeah. I mean we have we have national, you know, main anchors being fired. Yep. So
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty cool to see Hoda Copy uh take the chair over from Matt Lauer. I mean that's pretty significant. Right. You know? That sounds like it was a if, really right, good move. Yes.
1: Really, really good move. Absolutely. If we want to end this conversation on a happy note, go Hoda. Yeah. <laughs> right.
0: You know, another place where um Another, it was the newspapers, uh, it was Newsweek, pardon me, Um, back in the 70s, they underwent a tremendous amount of change with um, the women of Newsweek Newsweek, um, suing or filing a complaint against the management there um, and the owners there because they would not hire women to report or to write. They were only allowed to be researchers and secretaries. And so... um, I don't know if you've watched any of the series Good Girls Revolt. It's um, only one season is on Amazon Prime, unfortunately. We can talk about that another day. But I recently read Lynn Povich's book by the same title, Good Girls Revolt, and it was a fabulous read. I was able to really quickly go through it, and Lynn Povich was one of the women who ended up leading Uh, the fight against newsroom management at Newsweek back in the 70s. Um, And she worked in news. She ended up working in news for 40 years. Uh, She started as a secretary for Newsweek. And then in 1970, she was one of 46 women, 46, who sued Newsweek for sex discrimination. And that was a long, long battle because, you know, they filed the suit and they're like, oh, hell yeah, shit's going to change. And, it it did not go like that, and they ended up having to file another complaint a couple years later because what the news managers were doing was they were like, all right, well, if we're gonna have to do this or pretend to do this, let's just hire women from outside. And it was it was it was really infuriating to read, but at the same time, really interesting. And I just I learned so much from it, so I recommend to our readers uh, pick up Lynn Povich's book, The Good Girls Revolt learn something new if you hadn't heard about it before i hadn't heard about it before that um, the women of newsweek uh, did what they did and as a result as the book explains like it really led the wave and led the movement of women suing uh their managers in media and so it was uh it was just it was a really great read anyways Long story endless. It's a long fight. I think it's going to be a really long fight for the Me Too movement. And for 2018, I think it's going to be really interesting to see, you know, is it going to die out? Or is it going to, is the momentum going to thrust forward? You know, what is it that's going to happen?
1: No, it's no it's not gonna die out you know why carolyn because 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 there are people like me and you who care hell yeah that's why (laughs) and and because oprah had a whole speech about it that's why so you know what no
0: that speech it's not gonna die out (laughs) that speech holy shit
1: sweet so cheers to 2018 i'm looking forward to it You know what else I'm looking forward to in 2018? What is that? More time spent with Jessica Stugelmeyer. Hello. And that is Jess with one S, by the one way. I S. <laughs> I hate... Hate it when people do the J E S S thing because I don't know where they get it from. I don't
0: either, and it's like it's everything that Jess does. It's always with a single S, and I and it's so annoying. I don't get it. I don't understand. You know what's really tough though? And that's autocorrect on the on the freaking phone. It always wants wants to change it to yes, and I'm like, son of a bitch. We are
1: not. Yeah. Also, we are not even, sorry, nobody knows who Jess is. We're working on it, though. (laughs) Ah! Hi, Jess.
2: Hi, ladies. (laughs) Welcome to Crazy Town. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing very well, and I am very excited to be here. Well, we are yes.
0: super stoked
2: that you are willing oh to my help God. us out. So excited. So, so Jessica
0: Stugelmeyer, very good friend of ours, good friend of the podcast. She is our producer. She's This is her first episode that she's helping us produce, and we're just so stoked to have her creative genius as part of our production plan because... We need a production plan.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. She's here
0: to help us get our shit together.
1: <laughs> I'm very good at that. Oh, oh she is hella good at that. Oh my god. And listen, if you <laughs> She is a Jess. <laughs> this is the plug. This is the Jess plug. You can't have her right now, but if you ever need to get your shit together, hire Jess. Thanks.
2: Yeah. Yeah, she's pretty incredible. <laughs> Well, you know, you'd mentioned me in several of the episodes, so I figured I just had to keep that role going, so I might as well just join so that I can just be in every episode. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah.
0: You, you definitely oh. touch our lives there, Jess. Yeah, so if people remember, Jess um, is my friend who we traveled up to Fairbanks together back in October to present about storytelling um, on issues of food security. And, and she is my super rad cohort who um, helped us uh, uh, be awarded with a James Beard Award. Um, Jess, you can probably say that more eloquently than I can. But
2: Sure, yeah, yeah I think... Um... My background is in um, multimedia journalism. I write, I take photos. Uh, Carolyn and I have worked on video projects together. My main gig right now is with Edible Alaska. It's a quarterly magazine and website where we tell stories about food in Alaska, and it's really, there's a lot to, to see and hear and eat here, and I think it's, uh, <laughs> it's fun for me at least.
0: It is a unique frontier here and there's lots and lots of food stories. So, yeah. And Sierra, now you get to have more constant contact with Sierra, uh with with
1: Jess. That's true. My my original constant contact with Jess was that when I was uh, single, she used to um cook me meals because uh I used to eat out every day and Jess was like, "No, don't do that because it's not good for you apparently." So, Whatever. So she used to make me meals. I would, and I was
2: very grateful. Yes, I actually cooked for both of you uh, at this at at one at different points. We all worked at, in the same newsroom. Um, I was on the morning shift with uh, Sierra, and I would feed her, and then Carolyn would come in the afternoon, and I would give her her own Tupperware that afternoon to make sure everyone was fed. Yes, because <laughs> I am not very good at taking That's care so of myself, and Sierra
0: <laughs> has had issues with that. As well, well, maybe not issues like that, but eating
2: out all the yeah, time I and not I cooking have issues.
1: I would just you're just <laughs> eating out all the time.
2: Later podcast episode, self care. Yeah, one hundred percent, absolutely. <laughs> hey, I don't make my coffee in the mornings either. None of us do it alone. It takes a village, y'all.
0: <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, so welcome, Jessica. We are super, super stoked to have you help us with the podcast. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, I'm so excited to be here, and I'm excited to move forward with y'all in 2018. Give it up for 2018, peeps!
1: And that will do it for us on Women on Deadline, a podcast about her experience in TV news. I'm Sierra Starks. And I'm Carolyn Hall. And our producer extraordinaire is Jessica Stugelmeyer. Special thanks to Erica Wilson, who lended her voice for the ins and outs on this podcast. Erica is a producer at News 10 NBC in Rochester. Happy 2018 to all of you. Be great, Carolyn. Be great, Sierra. We're out in 5, 4, 3, 2,
2: 1. Nice show, ladies.
1: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.